we're able to then look at our spaces, our services, our collections, sure. and really figure out, are we, are we doing the best by our customer, or are we doing the best by the librarians okay. who are providing the service? You're listening to a Core Education podcast, pushing the boundaries of educational possibility. Kia ora koutou, nei rā te mihi ki a koutou katoa, ko Anuru White talking up. Kia ora everyone, Anuru White here and joined again by Paula Eskett. Kia ora Paula. Kia ora Anuru. Now Paula, we've had a lot of chats lately about libraries and I know in your background as a librarian, now working alongside um, school libraries, libraries and librarians, one thing that I'm really interested to learn a lot more about is library user experience. What is it? It's a really new concept um, for for libraries within New Zealand. If you're in Europe, uh, Scandinavia, North America, it's it's been around for a few years. Andy Presner out of the UK mm-hmm. has set up a, a, a really a, got a movement going, Ooh. and there's an annual library UX conference in Glasgow. Wow. Um, user experience within libraries is about getting an idea how our customers, our clients feel about our services okay. without surveying them. It, it goes deeper to understand people's movements, people's mm-hmm. actions, people's responses to our services, our spaces, our signs, our websites, so that we can tailor them to their need to be, better meet their needs. Okay, so is library user experience just about offering good customer service? It's it's way more than offering good customer service because a lot of the time our customers don't even know what we can do for them. Ah, okay. um, you know, you come into a library, mm-hmm. there's a sign, there's a collection of resources, there's yes. a person, but all librarians will know that behind the scenes there is so much more and that's a, often a frustration for customers and librarians. Why aren't these other things being used? Why are we asked where a certain collection is when there's a sign there? So obviously the sign's sure. not working. So user experience <laughs> has a, is a series of really playful methodologies mm-hmm. that observe our customers in sure. action, that get them to playfully explore what they like, what they don't like about our services, mm-hmm. to walk in the shoes of other customers to see what they would discover or what they would miss. And through those user-generated experiences and the data that falls out of that, we're able to then look at our spaces, our services, our collections, sure. and really figure out, are we, are we doing the best by our customer, or are we doing the best by the librarians who okay. are providing the service? And see, I can see how it helps, I suppose, to shape libraries and how they are being more responsive uh, to the users. Now, you talk about some of the methodologies uh, for user experience. Can you talk a little bit more about those and some that you may have uh, used here in New Zealand? A, a couple of my favourite ones. Um, I love the heat mapping exercise where you actually just sit and observe your customers in action. Your, your library users, where they come in, where they sit. Mm-hmm. Why is that one desk always left? <laughs> Why aren't they using it? Why can't they mm. find wow. um, a, a certain part of the collection by by tracking each customer at different times of the day. A heat map evolves so you can see patterns of use, the default ways that our customers and our our library users are using our spaces and services. Another one that I've absolutely loved using are love letters and breakup letters, which sounds ridiculous, (laughs) but to actually remove the person from the library service Mm. um, and get 
feedback from library users about what they really love about a service, ah, okay. but what they or maybe what's not working quite sure. so well. And we had some amazing breakup letters with uh, library security gates, um, <laughs> a beautifully beautifully written um, at the at the core breakfasts um, on Future Focus libraries. Schools were going to break up with their security gates. They were sick of the, the hassles with the alarms going off, and the and and it just wasn't worth the effort. Databases and their constant restrictions on use was another one. But sure. good luck with that. Okay, so just thinking about that information that you're uh, gathering for uh, libraries, have you got some scenarios, some stories that you can share about how libraries have actually put that um, information into use? Schools that I've been working with, we start. We start off by looking at the purpose of the library and the why Mm. of the library. Why is it there? What's it serving? And we really drill down to the unique unique character and identity of that school. And then where does the library fit within that? And we get the participants to to write an elevator pitch for the library. Because if you can't articulate Mm. the value of something, you can't justify exactly. putting putting the, the resourcing into it the an investment in a library is a is a is a pretty um, a big investment for exactly. a school and then we work through aspects that they love or or maybe are not so enamored with often through that love letter breakup process mm-hmm. and then by exploring what's working not working in conjunction with some big picture visioning around um, school libraries and international examples and some pretty awesome local New Zealand examples, we then get our customers to walk in the shoes of a couple of personalities that would use their library and design and shape a particular aspect of that service for them. Okay. So Paul, just to conclude, give us a lot of really interesting ideas to take away and I guess put it back to you now, hard, give us one tip or some top tips that you have for uh, librarians out there and for schools perhaps as well? Uh, my top tip would be let's not assume we know what our customers are mm. wanting if we're not going to ask them in a way that gives them the anonymity exactly. and safety to say what they're wanting. We can't assume and it's not going to, it's not going to be static. It's always going to be responsive and changing. You've been listening to a Core Education podcast, pushing the boundaries of educational possibilities.